Okay, so hi, I'm Michelle Norman. I am Director of Sustainability and External Affairs for Centauri Beverage and Food GB. So could you talk us through the way that Centauri has helped to cut water usage? And could you describe the kind of savings that you have made, both money-wise and to the environment as well? Yeah, so from a global context, Centauri has a commitment to reduce our water use by 15% by 2030, across a baseline of 2015. And actually in GB, we're on brilliant track to achieve that. In fact, we've already achieved a 14% reduction since 2015. And what we do, we compare ourselves against our factories across the rest of the world as well um, to share best practice, you know, share experiences, and that's how we're able to leverage both the experiences of, of other countries, see what they're doing in their factories in order that we have the best practice to reduce our water. In terms of the, the financial savings, well, we don't go into that. We look at more, you know, are we maximising our resources? Are we utilising all the best practice that we see around the world? And together, all those come together and hopefully that will create efficiencies which do have cost advantages, but actually we look at it more in terms of are we on track to achieve our, our goals and are those goals in line with our Centauri global vision of by 2050 to be net positive for water, but most crucially and importantly, are we going to achieve our absolute water reduction targets and have a really good water use ratio as well in our factories. Could you possibly talk about the techniques that you've used within your factories to help cut the water usage? And also, what steps that other manufacturers could possibly take to follow in your footsteps? Yeah, so a uh, really good question. We do a number of things. And of course, like most companies will follow the three R's. So we'll look at reducing the quantity of water we use and then reusing and recycling it as much as possible through advanced recirculation and reuse equipment that we use for cleaning purposes. I can give you three examples of projects that we've actually undertaken 2020 and 2021. So we have a combined heat and power unit. Um, and for that, we installed a new water recovery unit to stop water going down the drains, being wasted. So that means introducing that closed loop cycle of re recovery, treatment and use again, actually delivered a 2% water reduction overall. Tracking and monitoring is absolutely essential. And uh, I think it's best practice for any organisation. Um, you can't change what you don't know and what you don't measure. So we have remote level control monitoring in place on where we get some of our water for our mines water system. And that trends and logs the level of the water in the flooded mine shaft to ensure we don't go over our abstraction limits. And this year we made an £800,000 investment in a new effluent tank. Um, and again, those sorts of commitments show that we're not only you know, doing best practice in terms of tracking and monitoring and being efficient, but actually investing for the future as well. So those are three projects that have actually delivered, you know, real water savings. But in terms of other steps that manufacturers can make and why they should do it, well, I think, you know, setting the clear targets is absolutely essential. So we work collectively towards a long-term goal and we have clear and measurable KPIs. And if you understand the natural cycle of water in the manufacturing site's local area, and how water is being used within that, the production site and on the lines. And that is really essential um, in terms of keeping to those targets. Secondly, being accurate in your measurement. So monthly reporting, using the right technologies such as water flow meters for accurate measurement. Thirdly, 
look at all projects with a sustainability lens. So an example, um, uh, last year we launched a new high-speed filling line, but actually we looked at what is the best technology to reduce both our energy and our water use. And that filling line uses 40% less water. And for us, that represented a 4.4% reduction of water consumption across the site as a whole. And then finally, communicate what you're doing and share responsibility. All of our employees know that for us, we have a growing for good vision and we're working towards a common goal of using less resources and um, less natural resources. So when we do have a positive environmental story, we take pride, we share it. Um, we also encourage all our teams to take sustainability courses online so they can all see the impact that they make. And that is key for any organisation, no matter how small or big you are. If all your employees know what your common goal is and you all feel invested in the sustainable future of your business, it really makes a powerful difference. You just briefly touched on it there. What other sustainability measures has Suntory taken? And could you also talk about the importance of sustainability within the business and how that's changed over the recent years? Yeah, great question. And um, maybe I'll take the latter point first. Um, Suntory has always prided itself on having sustainability at the heart of its business. They have a vision called Growing for Good. So the bigger we grow, the more positive impact we can have. And their philosophy is that we act in harmony with people and nature. So that runs through the core DNA of the business. So Centauri globally has seven themes of sustainability. And here in GB, we focus very much on our resources. So using less and better packaging, reducing our emissions, procuring sustainably, less food, using less waste, and of course, uh, using less water. But we also look at sustainability in its wider sense. So um, making sure, you know, we work in a, a culturally diverse and we have a very inclusive environment for our employees making sure the products that we sell are helping people to have healthier lifestyles, so reducing the sugar in our products and ensuring that our brands act purposefully, that we're always acting for the greater good of society. And certainly, you know, when I started in the business, it was very much the focus on environmental management, environmental compliance, and then it started to transition. And now everyone talks about sustainability. And I think the catalyst has been the UN Sustainable Development Goals and setting those clear 17 goals. So how we're going to transform globally our society for the future and for the better has been an absolute catalyst for both governments, countries and of course businesses. So we all feel that what we're doing is actually having a bigger impact and that really resonates with employees in the business to feel that they're contributing to something bigger. So that's really important. In terms of other sustainability initiatives that we're doing here in GB, and in particular in the factory, we're focusing on making our packaging more sustainable. So that means using less. And what we do sell, making sure it's fully recyclable and it uses recycled content, i.e. post-consumer waste. So we've made some massive um, changes on our packaging, removing full sleeves from brands such as Ribena to um, put in 100% uh, recycled content in Ribena and now LucasAid Sport. So our factory has been at the forefront of that. And when we make those changes in our packaging, it's not also an opportunity to look at the efficiencies of other areas of sustainability. So, for example, how much water we use. So we look at it in the round. Other things that we've done is the removal of plastic straws from Ribena cartons to paper straws. 
And then on the factory also, I talked about reducing emissions. That's really important for us. So all of the electricity that we purchase full site is now from renewable sources. And we're also looking at ways of reducing our emissions, particularly when it comes to things like our combined heat and power sources, uh, boilers on site, et cetera, because that will be the, the, I think, probably crucially going forward, the impact of climate change and how we reduce our emissions, how we get to net zero emissions sooner rather than later is going to be absolutely important for all businesses. And how has the last 18 months, particularly Brexit and COVID, affected Suntory's sustainability plans? Well, I think Brexit and COVID has obviously for all businesses introduced uncertainty, unpredictability, and has made a number of challenges, whether it's the human challenge or logistics and supply chain challenges. I think if you're a business that has sustainability at the heart of your vision, it makes it quite easy to ensure that everything you're doing is still on track because you've already made all of those external commitments. And we're very fortunate that throughout both the uncertainties of Brexit and the global pandemic, that we held on to our sustainability plans. We continued to execute those plans. So, for example, changing the Ribena bottles, changing the LucasAid Sport bottles, all of those plans have continued despite the, you know, the external environment challenges. It obviously introduces new complexities, you know, with products, you know, not necessarily coming into the factory when you think they might because of supply chain challenges. Things such as um, currently experiencing the HGV lorry driver shortages means that from a production standpoint, you might be doing more stop start or shorter runs. And that ha is obviously less efficient when it comes to things like water and, and energy needs. So, you know, we have to factor those in as well. But I would say, you know, we're a business that has continued on our sustainability journey and we've tried to mitigate any of the external disruptions so we can continue to deliver our plans. Do you think that it is harder for smaller businesses to be able to match up the kind of plans that a larger business like Suntoria are trying to achieve? And do you think that they should still approach sustainability goals in the same way that you are, even if they don't have the same kind of financial backing behind them to maybe achieve them? Yeah, I think that um, SMEs have certainly um, huge opportunities and also challenges when it comes to sustainability. The opportunities for SMEs, they're more agile. They obviously have a, a smaller um, you know, um, supply chain route. They're not maybe reliant on such, you know, we might source um, some of our materials from global sources and not necessarily local. So, and you, you know, I always think with a corporate, it's like driving a big oil tanker. You not it takes a while to turn it around. Whereas SMEs do have the advantage of being incredibly agile and responsive. Um, but I think for any business, whether you're small or large, having your end goal in sight is absolutely crucial. So whether it's setting a target, going for a B course certification, um, I think those are things that any organisation can, can set in place. And then once you know where you want to get to, then it's just about how you do there. But SMEs, I think, have the advantage of they can res be responsive. They have a smaller um, supply chain base. Where they probably have some challenges is being able to leverage some of the maybe technologies that some of the larger organisations can do. But what I do love that we're seeing at the moment is um, particularly the UK government with the focus on SMEs and asking trade associations such as you know FDF, how can we help SMEs 
learn from what the corporates are doing, take those best practice and share our knowledge so that we are all in that journey together and no one gets left behind. And I think some of the focus for COP26 is very much on the SMEs and what can smaller organisations do to play their part in our journey towards net zero. Michelle, thank you very much. This has been James Whittler for Food Manufacture.